Hey friends, we had every intention of dropping a new episode this week, but alas, various life circumstances got in the way and that recording session didn't happen. However, we aren't leaving you hanging. Instead, this week we're throwing a party in anticipation of our two-year anniversary and redropping our one-year anniversary episode. So sit back and enjoy, and we look forward to sharing our two-year celebration with you on our next episode. So you want a screaming like jungle animal? Right. Yeah. Okay, cool. Why not? Okay. Good to know. Okay. to the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast, one year edition. (laughs) I'm Sarah. I'm Erin. I'm Bree. And I'm Rachel. And this is officially our one year mark of the podcast. We are celebrating our year anniversary all September. Uh, But this is a very special episode because we've been around a year and it's crazy and awesome and this is also uh, not a usual podcast in the usual form that you're used to with one of us taking the lead this is all hands on deck from all four of us and it's a shoebox episode which i originally thought was a bread box episode but that makes no sense it's a shoebox and rachel you are going to explain what we're doing today <laughs> okay so you know how when pastor is out of ideas for the children's sermon. He uh, gets someone to wrap up a shoebox in wrapping paper and sends it home with each with with one different child each week. And then the child will pick a random object and stick it in the shoebox and bring it back for the children's sermon. Not every church does this, but I've been in at least three that did. Um, and then the pastor will open the shoebox and, oh, look, it's an LOL doll or a dinosaur. And will then proceed to create a custom children's sermon somehow related, however tangentially, to the object in the shoebox. Now, we are not going to be doing children's sermons here today. But <laughs> we, I, like, I love this idea of the shoebox. And so we each took a turn taking home the metaphorical shoebox and sticking one object in it that for us uh, is emblematic of a Lutheran lady life. And so each one of us is going to riff for a little while on this physical object that says something larger about who we are as Lutheran women. That's the concept of the episode. I would like to make this abundantly clear. I would rather open a shoebox and find bread than open a bread box and find shoes. Okay, I'm sorry. I just had to get that off my chest. This is the place for that kind of confession. Thank you. Yes. So since I was the one who came up with this, partly because I've been wanting to talk about my object since the very first planning meeting Uh for the very first episode. Like it keeps coming up every six weeks. Hey guys, let's do an episode on this. (laughs) And everyone's like, okay, yeah, we'll put that in the long range planning file. (laughs) Um, So this is my time. I'm so excited. 
Are you ready? Shine, Rachel. I'm ready. Let's gonna open it. open my shoebox. And oh look! Inside my Lutheran Ladies Lounge shoebox is a Kleenex pocket pack. Yes. <laughs> oh. You've waited a year me. for this moment. <laughs> Allow me to explain briefly why there is, and I will say Kleenex sometimes. I will also say tissues because maybe your tissues are puffs or generic Aldi store brand Kleenex tissue things. Facial tissue. Anyway, here we go. After my grandmother, who was a lifelong Lutheran lady, passed away seven years ago, my dad bought her Buick LeSabre from the estate. And I remember after he brought it home, I took a moment to open the car. I was missing my grandma. And this object was very much, uh, you know, it just was imbued with her. And I wanted to take a look at what was in the car. And I remember what it contained. Not much as it happens because she was not a messy person. I don't know where I got it from, but I didn't get it from her. <laughs> so in this, in this immaculate vehicle, there was a pair of sunglasses, the kind that you wear over top of your regular glasses. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> there were two audio cassettes. Both of them had hymns on them, and I'm pretty sure one of them was the Lutheran Hour Choir. Yeah. <laughs> and the other thing I found in the car was a pocket pack of tissues. And I just thought at the time, and I still think today, how perfect. Because if there was ever a single item that epitomized the character and the lived experience of Lutheran women, especially 20th century Lutheran women like my grandmother, then it has got to be a pocket pack of tissues. A little history first. So disposable pa paper handkerchiefs had been used for centuries in Japan, but we were all in the Western world more about cloth hankies until uh, 1934 when Kleenex tissue first began selling 100 sheet packages of disposable tissues for 65 cents. <laughs> they called them face towels and they marketed them as a makeup remover to be used with cold cream and actually even got like glamorous movie stars to endorse the product. And oh, look, my makeup comes off so easily with my Kleenex face towels. Customers, however, had different ideas about what these this new product was ideal for and started using them for nose blowing and snot wiping and all the rest. <laughs> <laughs> and so in 1930, Kleenex decided to go with the flow and officially shift its marketing to reflect the product's growing popularity, not as a face towel, but as a disposable handkerchief. Two years later, in 1932, the first pocket packs appeared in stores and they've been a regular fixture of church lady purses ever since to my mind the tissue pocket pack is like a church lady's version of the swiss army knife because <laughs> it's portable practical and handy to have in almost any occasion so you can tone down the shade of your lipstick in the church parking lot before you go in, maybe from, well, okay, Brie, you wouldn't do this, but I would do this. Let's take it down from fire engine red to like pastor's wife pink. Uh, 
Is that a real shade of lipstick? Yeah. Uh, not yet. <laughs> Probably. If the sermon gets too personal or your pastor decides to add Children of the Heavenly Father to the hymn lineup, you can dab away the tears that day. <laughs> you can use your, your Kleenex pocket pack to swab young faces after coffee hour or to wipe young noses during cold season. After those coffee hour besmirched young fingers have been all over your glasses or those of your neighbor, well, your <laughs> tissues are handy to have then too. <laughs> you can entertain babies by playing peekaboo, even with a mask on, Brie, by the way, you can do this. Peekaboo with your Kleenex. You can use them to create a, a set of camping linens for napping baby dolls in the pew. And in moments of extreme desperation... You can even sacrifice the entire precious pocket pack to a restless toddler who will sit and let you listen to the sermon for approximately two and a half minutes while he pulls out all the tissues one at a time and tears them quietly to shreds beside you. And if the diaper table is out of wipes or the stall in the ladies lounge is out of teepee. Maybe someone was feeling desperate because the supermarket was out and they needed an emergency supply. Fret not. You've got it covered in your purse. You have a tissue pocket pack. So it's okay. Just don't tell the trustees because they really hate you doing that. <laughs> <laughs> now, some folks of the woke variety may express some concern about the economic waste and environmental impact that is inherent in disposable pocket packs for our 20th century world. And I do get it. They do seem a little quaint, like the relic of an optimistic, thoroughly modern, but not yet quite postmodern, atomic, hygienic age when marketing and convenience and hygiene trumped things like sustainability every single time. So I guess it is worth noting that the same grandmother who kept that pocket pack in her Buick also religiously refilled the Dixie cup dispensers in her bathrooms for like the last three or four decades of her life. So yeah, I get it. It's not exactly environmentally responsible to carry around a small plastic wrapped package of disposable tissues. And we have, I think, done well to reclaim practices like each family member having their own individual washable cup in the bathroom and you know reusable grocery bags reusable straws those are a definite win for society but i think i'm going to personally have to draw the line at a reusable handkerchief i don't think there's probably a sustainable alternative that we found yet to the humble disposable tissue i am not at all interested in going back to cloth handkerchiefs. <laughs> Snog soggy snot rags to be blown into throughout the day and stuffed back into a pocket between uses are not my cup of tea. And I speak from experience because my father used a cloth oh. handkerchief throughout my childhood and never seemed to feel completely dressed without one. And bless his heart, he usually kept it to himself. But I just, I have distinct memories of occasions when he would offer me not the whole thing, but like a corner. If I was in a really bad way with the sniffles, um, <laughs> especially in church, 
when you can't exactly <laughs> easily <laughs> leave and go out just spill your nose. So oh. I, I cringe now. I believe my parents uh, once or twice mentioned that they had a joking nickname for this piece of cloth that they called Hector the Vector. Um, (laughs) (laughs) so i'm just gonna say it i think hector the vector should probably stay in the drawer for now at least until the coronavirus and all its other buddies are a little more under control than they are at present and so that means like for always So, friends, while Dixie Cups may have rightly gone the way of the savory jello mold and the <laughs> sea monkey, the disposable <laughs> tissue will remain at least as relevant as ever. And the pocket pack will, I predict, continue to be a regularly featured items in the purses and cars of well-equipped Lutheran women for years to come. I just want to finish with a story of an event that took place last year that really drove home for me how useful this little item can be. I was attending a baptism, not a Lutheran baptism, but still a baptism is a beautiful thing at the Naval Base Chapel near our home. The young lady who was being baptized by immersion, they had brought out a towel for, but no one had thought to make provision for her mother who was visibly sobbing off to the side to watch her beautiful daughter be brought down and back up in the waters of baptism. But guess what? I had a pocket pack in my purse. I don't always. I'm not as prepared as I would like to be. But I did that day. And I was able to tiptoe forward and hand it to the mom. And she took one out and like wiped her face and tried to hand the rest back. And I was like, no, keep it. I want to be able to give you this little piece of dignity because that's what it is to be able to wipe your tears and blow your nose in a situation like that. And so that for me was the high point of my relationship with this uh, little object that I will continue now that we're coming into cold and flu season again this fall. I'll be stocking up and bringing it with me to church if I remember And if I don't have it stolen by everyone else in the family, uh, it will be there. (laughs) Because sometimes convenience and disposability are indeed exactly what you need. Yes. I can definitely remember my mother having a disposable pocket pack in her purse and using it frequently and passed that along to me when I got my first purse when I was, I don't know how old. And I'm pretty sure if I go look at my toddler purse from when I was like four, there's probably still a pocket pack of tissues in there. Pretty sure. <laughs> and do those expire? Never. They don't expire. expire. So I have have two things that I was thinking of while you were talking. In Japan, pocket pack is still a legit thing, and they're given out for free at all the subway stations at the exit as a marketing thing. So so companies will put their little advertising on the pocket pack and then hand them out because a lot of bathrooms do not have toilet paper. So everyone just carries pocket packs specifically for public restrooms. Huh. So those live on in Japan. But the handkerchief also does. Not intended for noses, but instead the more, the more ladylike 
It's intended to literally dab away the perspiration that you might be experiencing in the very hot summers. And so ladies carry around beautiful little hankies so that they can dab away the the beads of sweat that they never seem to experience. But boy, I did really appreciate those hankies because <laughs> I sweat like a European and it's a lot. And so <laughs> I appreciated both um, both practices in Japan. The other thing, I totally re- refill my pocket packs. Um, I just fold up little Kleenexes and then tuck them back into one of those plastic sleeves. And that I, I'm guessing I got, I never saw my grandmother do that, but I'm sure it's a very Grammy thing. It's, mm. it's in her, it's in her spirit, if not in the actual action, she taught me to refill my own pocket pack. That is brilliant. <laughs> I definitely did that too. <laughs> you take the height of disposability and make it slightly, ever so slightly more sustainable. Bravo. Uh-huh. I have a cloth shape of a pocket pack that you can just fold yeah. tissues up oh, and put it in nice. there. And so it's, nicer. it's a cloth one with music notes on it. So you mm-hmm. can just pull them out of there. Oh well, my goodness. That is plastic. I had not even mind. thought of that. Yeah. Somebody get on Etsy and make me some like uh-huh. reusable po- pocket pack packets. Coolers. Exactly. <laughs> I always come away from, with great ideas from you guys. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason for this. Okay, I think it's time for someone else to have the shoebox. I'm going to pass the shoebox off to Brie. Oh, you got your shoebox. Oh. So, I got this little shoebox here. I'm going to open it up. And I'm going to pull out a ladle. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> now, I'm gonna I'm gonna wax poetic in just a minute here about how the ladle fully represents what the Lutheran lady is. But I also want to get this part out of the way. The reasons why I am a ladle, as I was thinking about the different <laughs> kinds of items that I could have potentially put in my shoebox. I am a ladle because I am unsuspecting, yet surprisingly useful. (laughs) Number two, my bottom end is big and round. (laughs) Probably the biggest part of me. And third of all, I want to swim in food all the time. (laughs) It's a very important quality. It's a very important quality. I hope others share that quality with me, but... Who knows? Who knows? But anyway, let's talk about Lutheran ladies being Lutheran ladles, shall we? Oh, yes, please. So, aside from the fact that we talk about women all sort of Lutheran differently, there are a wide array of ladles. Some are whimsical in the shape of Loch Ness monsters. Others are long, some are short, some are, you know, they have small bowls. Some of them have significantly larger bowls. Different shapes, (laughs) different sizes, but they all do the same thing and have the same qualities about them. So the qualities that I'm going to speak of today overlap in about three million different ways. 
So I have a list of, let's see, four or five um, that are all going to, you know, just sort of probably mesh together as I'm sort of talking, waxing poetic on the ladle. So there are going to be threads of these sort of characteristics all throughout my little section here. So first of all, if we haven't made this abundantly clear in the last year, Lutheran women love to cook and or eat. Got your midweek soup suppers, church picnics, potlucks, any other sort of ice cream socials, if you will. And you better believe that in each of those environs, you're going to need a ladle to do to get the job done. We also love to be hospitable. If you think about the people who are in your church, you know that there's at least one lady who can spot a newcomer from a mile away that will welcome them into the fold immediately. Like they have, I don't know what it is if they have sort of this like new member radar, like visitor radar and they automatically, it's like a tractor beam. They just like, <laughs> they lock on and they go and they just go and they meet these people. This is the kind of woman who is always rocking the fussy babies, always has a shoulder available for a good sob sesh, is always quick with a toy or a book or fruit snacks, my personal favorite, to calm rowdy toddlers during a sermon. If you don't have one of those ladies in your church, I bet someone wants to be that one lady and maybe it's you. Personally, I feel like I wish I was that person. So to those of you in Lutheran Ladyland, I'm, the, I'm just, I'm trying to aspire to that. Let me have it. Let me rock your fussy babies and stuff. And I will, I'll bring fruit snacks in my purse every day if I have to. Like, I have no problem with that. I'll just eat them before I can give them away, though. That's <laughs> probably the only, the only barrier. But we also love to provide comfort and spread joy. Providing comfort comes in a lot of different forms. Um, sometimes it, it is lending an ear, um, crying and praying with fellow congregants, or my personal favorite, making funny faces at kids from the sink from across the sanctuary during church. Mm -hmm. I have to say, with this whole mask wearing thing that we still have to do, one of the biggest disappointments. I'm still like, in, I'm, I'm still tinkering, tinkering away on ideas for this. There is really no way to make funny faces at children during church right now. It's tremendously frustrating. Like I can't, I just, it's really, I'm really struggling with that right now. So I would love to hear people's ideas on, on how to be better at that. It's, it's tremendously sad, but I digress. Also, we love to serve. You see what I, you see what I did there? We love to serve. Ladles serve things. Get it? Lutheran women are united by the belief that we are all saved by grace through faith. And so we don't serve to save ourselves. Rather, we serve others because Jesus is the greatest servant. And we love others because he first loved us. So in all of this, like I said, all of these things sort of overlap in terms of giving comfort and showing hospitality and serving and food threading throughout all of those 
instances. So, you know, whether this, this woman is dishing out ice cream at the annual social, helping plan the chicken dinner fundraiser, which I wish was more common these days. It's not. And that I'm also upset about, about that because I love good chicken dinner. Whether she's taking inventory of the food pantry or feeding the homeless from the church kitchen, the Lutheran lady does these things all at the same time. And she does this because she loves the church, she loves her people, and she loves her community. And she loves because she knows what God has done for her. Snaps, everyone. Yay! Aw, that's lovely. Always about food. I love food. I love it. I have just got to say, I the more I thought about this as you were talking, the more I liked it, both on a spiritual level, because we are ladles of God's grace. Like our cup runneth over, our cup might be attached to a, you know, ladle handle. <laughs> but also just on a practical level, you don't serve filet mignon with a ladle. Mm-mm. You serve broccoli and cheese soup. <laughs> You serve chili. You serve something mm. that is going to all go in a pot and simmer for a while. And then it's going to feed a whole crowd until they are stuffed to the gills. It's not fancy, but it's good. It's going to nourish you, but it's also going to nourish the 10 people sharing the table with you. So it's it's a wonderful, wholesome, humble object that is can be put to service in the church uh, in a really special way. They can also serve fruit punch, which I don't know about you all. Man, I love a good, like, sherbet fruit punch with the 7-Up oh. in it. Oh, mm-hmm. Love it. 7-Up yes. ice cream and pineapple oh. or something? Yep. That's oh, the yeah. One. Yep. Yep. That's the one. I also, while you were speaking, just had this image of you sitting, and, and I, I don't know if this is what heaven looks like in your brain but you sitting in church with a packet of fruit snacks and a baby in the pew behind you maybe not a baby because babies shouldn't have fruit snacks small child (laughs) and you're going and one for me and one for you (laughs) that's exactly i'm like let me see if i can here i'll hold your mouth open let me let me just launch one And it just made me so happy to imagine that. And I know that that sort of thing is taboo right now. But boy, let's not ever lose hope that those big meals where we're all eating out of the same pot with the communal ladle, that those moments with, with small children in church pews and fruit snacks, that those are not gone forever. Because I, I firmly believe they are not. While we're talking about food and deliciousness... I'm going to hand it over to Sarah because apparently she has something to say about food. So here you, here you go, friend. Let's oh, have it. I am indeed talking about food because I also love food a whole lot. <laughs> so good. And I love cooking for people, but this has nothing to do with cooking food. This has everything to do with finger food because my item that I am pulling out of the shoebox is a bag of Cheerios. <laughs> oh quintessential i love the bag of cheerios in the purse i think i had one in my purse continually when i was growing up as a kid because when i was a kid 
you didn't go anywhere without a snack. And that snack was either a bag of Cheerios or a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. (laughs) Two things I have heard can fix nearly any situation. Naps and snacks. Mm. Amen. Now, I can't advocate for the use of naps during a church service because (laughs) that essentially (laughs) defeats the purpose of being there. However, I will advocate for the use of snacks in large quantities until the day I die. And what is the most quintessential snack uh, that Lutheran ladies have in their bags? Of course, it's Cheerios, right? Every young mom, every grandma, every sister, every young woman in the church is armed with a bag of Cheerios at all times. Because you never know when the hangry is going to hit, whether it's you or it's someone in the pew next to you. Or it's the two-year-old that you really want to avoid a hangry two-year-old. That's right. Why Cheerios? Well, they're inexpensive. They're pretty healthy as far as snack foods go. They're gluten-free now, which is awesome if you have allergies in your family. (laughs) There's a whole slew of flavor varieties. If you don't want the regular oat-tasting ones, you can get the Honey Nut Cheerios if you want. They're easy to dump in a bag while you're running out the door. They're relatively easy to sweep up if your kid decides they also want to dump them all over the floor. They're the perfect size for little kiddo hands or for adult hands to uh, take a huge (laughs) mouthful in between services. Since they're so small, they take a while to eat one by one, keeping kiddos occupied for any variable length of time. And they're fun to eat. Being tiny little circles and all. I mean, the name is Cheerio, for Pete's sake. It's supposed to be happy. <laughs> Which begs the question, have you ever thought about why they're named Cheerios? It's really curious. They were originally named Cheery Oats back in 1941 when they were created by a physicist, Lester Borchardt, and his team at General Mills. But Quaker Oats said that it was a copyright infringement to have the name Oats in Cheery Oats. So the name was changed to Cheerios in 1945. And let me just take a second to thank a physicist that Mm. created a breakfast cereal. Science. I didn't think that that was a thing, but it's a thing. He created a puffing gun machine that puffs oat dough into the shape of an O. Can you imagine how much fun research and development would be for a puffing gun machine for (laughs) oat dough? Let me tell you. It was actually kind of dicey. They spent a lot of time and money and weren't coming up with any good cereal ideas. And General Mills nearly pulled the plug on the whole operation, which would have been tragic. But Mr. Borchardt came through with an invention that changed the world of breakfast cereals forever, inspiring Jets, Tricks, Cocoa Puffs, and Total. Pretty amazing. There are also 10 other shapes contending for the final product, including spirals, spheres, and several different star varieties, But there's actually package science that goes into breakfast cereals and how they fit best in the box, and the donut circle won the day. Cheerios, at the time, were also the first breakfast cereal to be marketed as a snack specifically to troops in 1943 during World War II. They were included in the Yank Pack for the soldiers, who also deserved snack breaks in between fighting off Nazis. Who doesn't need a (laughs) snack break when you're fighting off the Nazis? That tradition continues today, too, with many breakfast foods doubling as snacks. Did you also know that Cheerios had a mascot girl named Cheerio O'Leary in print in the 40s? What a name. (laughs) 
and then on TV in the 50s and 80s and again in the 2000s. She would solve problems and save the day after eating Cheerios. The Cheerios kid and Sue eventually replaced Cheerio O'Leary as the mascot. In the 60s, famous cartoon characters like Rocky and Bullwinkle started to appear in Cheerios commercials. And at this time, Cheerios was an early pioneer of cross-marketing, doing campaigns with Disney and Mickey Mouse Club. In 1976, after over 30 years of plain Cheerios, they introduced Cinnamon Nut Cheerios as the first flavor variation. Honey Nut Cheerios showed up in 1979 and was instantly a favorite. Who couldn't love the Bumblebee mascot? And it's actually the number one cereal in the U.S. since 2009. Several other flavors have been introduced since then, like apple cinnamon, multigrain, frosted, fruity, banana nut, chocolate, and, of course, Cheerios and ancient grains because everyone needs quinoa in their Cheerios. (laughs) Maybe you remember how the boxes used to have really specific information on how Cheerios can lower cholesterol. Well, the FDA took issue with that and said that they either have to take that off their box or apply as an actual cholesterol-lowering drug, (laughs) which they did not do that. (laughs) So the cholesterol information is much more vague as part of a heart-healthy diet which is good for your kiddos. And to the joy of families with food allergies, Cheerios are now both GMO and gluten-free as of 2014, which with the prevalence of gluten allergies is actually a huge deal for a lot of families. There's more history, but I won't go into any more. So to bring this back around, I've always thought of Cheerios as a mark of a vibrant congregation. See those Cheerios rolling under a pew, crunched down on one or a more than one when you're going up to communion. (laughs) Don't get annoyed by the mess or the crunch or the dirt on your shoes. See these little gluten-free circles as a sign that your church is still growing and the Holy Spirit is working in the hearts of our youngest brothers and sisters. And there are the Cheerios. Aww. (laughs) Lovely. I just, okay, two things, all right. First of all, Banana nut Cheerios are absolute fire. I don't know if they're available <laughs> anymore, but they are the most delicious thing I've probably ever eaten as far as cereal goes. Huh. I'm going to go look because now I'm going to go to the store after this because now I want them. <laughs> also, when yeah. you talked about the reason I kind of like cackled there for a second when you were talking about cholesterol, the cholesterol lowering properties of Cheerios I just had this visual of like someone with a with a pill container that's like the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It's <laughs> got a bunch of Cheerios in it. It's not drugs. It's not. A, it's a statin. It's Cheerios. That's what. That's why I was laughing so hard. But oh yes, Cheerios, so good. I used to, and I stopped because I turned mean. I guess. Um, but I used to always, always bring Cheerios to church for my kids. And I would dole them out like two or three at a time. I would, I could make a bag of Cheerios last the entire sermon. Wow. And yes, I did sneak a few now and again. But if I eat too many, then <laughs> I would run out before I would, before it was all done. Other snacks for church that came to mind as you were talking, my mother always carried a bag of cherry cough drops. Oh, in her purse. oh. I can taste it in my mouth. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
It was like her version of the Starlight Mint or the Werther's original. Somehow uh-huh. it was healthier uh-huh. with a cough drop. And so I enjoyed <laughs> many a, a cherry cough drop in the middle of church when I was a child. I knew an elder once, or maybe he was just a greeter. Maybe he was both. Older, <laughs> older chap who would greet all the children as they came into church. And if they asked him, he would always slip them a piece of spearmint gum. He was the gum yes. man. The gum uh, man. Yes. <laughs> and then, of course, I was reminded of the what has sort of almost but not quite taken the place of the Cheerios for a lot of parents. And that is the toddler puffs. Yes. Oh, yeah. Seriously good. They do tend to sort of melt, which Cheerios don't do. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, I think it's because it's less of a choking hazard. Like, no, no, but like, I get that side, but like, is there any other thing that would make it good to melt? Or no, in, in this, they're actually the weaker because as as uh, much as we dread the crunch of the Cheerios underfoot, they're still very easy to clean up with either a broom or mm-hmm. a vacuum. They don't mm-hmm. get ground into anything. Uh, the plain Cheerios. Some of the flavored ones are a little stickier. But the puffs, they will stick to your shoe. So, you know, <laughs> um, maybe go with the Cheerios. Go classic on this with your with your church snacks. Snacks are the best. It's time for me to hand the shoebox over to Erin for our last one. Here you go. Thank you. <laughs> Sound effects included. <laughs> High tech shoebox. Uh, so when I think of true blue dyed in the wool Lutheran ladies that I've known, a couple of ladies from my church come to mind. Pat and Alice. (laughs) Pat grew up at Messiah, and Alice has been a member for, I don't actually know how long, (laughs) at least a few and probably several decades. They are best friends. When I was trying to select my object for this lesson, I I was stumped. What I kept coming back to was the idea of knowing where everything is <laughs> and was. And when all knowledge fades into the mists of time, these ladies still remember. They remember where we keep all the stuff. And so I give you my ode to the key cabinet. <laughs> In the church office, there. In one of the closets, there is a cabinet full of keys. They open everything at the church that has a lock. And my church is more than 100 years old, so there is a lot of keys in this cabinet. (laughs) From the front door to the Sunday school cabinets to the freezer, there is a fair chance that there are some keys in that cabinet that open things that no longer exist. (laughs) Pat and Alice are a sort of living expression of that key cabinet. They know where everything is supposed to be. Need an extra tall pole to swap out the banner? They know where that's supposed to be stored. Can't find it? No problem. They also know where the extra one is stored that they didn't throw away when we replaced it with the new version, just in case. (laughs) (laughs) In the kitchen, 
they know how to run all of the equipment from the industrial dishwasher to the warmers and lo though i walk through the scary serial killer hiding place aka the furnace room <laughs> take out the trash i will fear no evil for pat is with me and she knows where the rat poison is kept <laughs> there's gonna be a feast well, Pat and Alice will be the quartermasters, ensuring that the industrial size can opener is used properly and that the leftovers are wrapped up and stored in the freezer so that we can enjoy them at the next Advent supper. Do you want to do a craft with the Sunday schools to kids that requires colored cellophane and twist ties? No problem. They remember that we purchased color cellophane back in 1996 and that <laughs> it is stored in the third drawer of the filing cabinet on the stage. Your church basement has a stage, right? Don't, yeah. don't all churches. Yeah, they've got they've all got a stage in the basement. <laughs> so <laughs> this is not the glamorous role in the church. Knowing how to clear the grease trap isn't glamorous. but on the parts that we think are less honorable, we bestow the greater honor, and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty. And I think that the grease trap clearers are worthy of all glory, laud, and honor. Mm. Pat and Alice are still serving the body of Christ at Messiah, and Lord willing, they will continue to do so for many more years. But what about the future? Key cabinet. 2.0. Well, <laughs> there are a number of ladies who are learning all the ins and outs of Messiah, but none who knows it so well as Becky. Becky didn't grow up in the Lutheran church. And honestly, that isn't a requirement to be dyed in the wool. She has the spirit of the Lutheran lady and she lives it out. Becky has spent hours with Pat and Alice going through all the stuff in the church basement and the choir loft, and the scary furnace room, and the youth room, and the attic. I didn't even know we had an attic. <laughs> and to be quite honest, she has not gone through all the stuff, because there is so much stuff. <laughs> What's the cause of the sewer gas smell that rises into the basement whenever we run the dishwasher? Well, it isn't known yet, but Becky is working on it. <laughs> Can we convert a Sunday school room into a kindergarten classroom for the growing charter school next door? Becky is on it. And so the keys of the kingdom pass down from generation to generation. The ladies make sure the supply cabinet for toilet paper and potpourri is never empty so that no lady is left in the lurch at that critical moment. We care for the building where we come together to worship and receive forgiveness of sins and salvation. We are family, even if we aren't related by blood, except in a very real way, we are made into a family by the blood of Jesus. The end. The end. <laughs> Bringing it home. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 1996 was a good year for cellophane. <laughs> Yes, it was. They probably also remember the theme of the BBS this year that required the ordering of the cellophane. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Actual craft. Oh, 
And where the Pats and Alice's and Becky's of the world thrive, there you are not usually having to pull out your pocket pack, pocket pack of Kleenex in the ladies' lounge. So that is a good <laughs> thing. True. Really matter. Like peekaboo. Exactly. Our key cabinet 2.0 is called Binders. We have started making binders of how the church Christmas decorations look year to year so that when we get to them every year, we don't stand uh-huh. around for an hour saying, how do we do this again? Oh, no. We a binder with nice. loads of pictures. Nice. <laughs> and there are several of them for the altar guild to know how to set up communion and for the kitchen to know where everything goes back and for Christmas decorations. Well, somebody's got to do something with all of the binders in the world because there are a lot of binders that are out in the world. (laughs) And I'm glad to hear these are being put to use to serve the kingdom. Yeah. Talk about a sustainability nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But the the institutional knowledge that so many Lutheran ladies possess. It is really, really a treasure and one that needs to be, as you as you so rightly put it, passed down intentionally to the next generation so that it's not lost. You know, not with the idea that no one coming after can ever change anything. The coffee mugs go in this cupboard because they've always gone in this cupboard and nobody better ever try putting them someplace else. No, that's not the spirit of it. The spirit of it is sharing what has worked in the past and how we have lived life together successfully in this place and with these people. And that's a good thing. Absolutely. Well, we have taken our items out of the shoebox. And ladies in the Lutheran Ladies Lounge group on Facebook, what is your item that is the essential Lutheran lady item? Or that describes a Lutheran lady. That would be super fun if we have a Lutheran Ladies Lounge Facebook group shoebox and we can pull out all sorts of items and have lots of stories. It has time been capsule. Yes. <laughs> Lutheran Ladies Time Capsule Virtual Edition on Facebook. That'll work, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Oh, wow. It has been a fantastic year number one of the mm-hmm. Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast and Facebook group. I honestly can't believe it's been a year already. When we first started this, I had no idea what we were doing for the first three months. And now it's been 12. And we're still going strong. <laughs> I can't believe it's only been a year. I feel like all everyone but this has been in my life for like at least half of it, right? All the friends we've made and the conversations and all. I mean, it's its timeless already in my mind. On to year number two, ladies, eh? Here, yeah. here. Let's do I'm it. it. <laughs> Better worse. Sing us home, Brie. Happy anniversary to the Lutheran Ladies Lounge. We learned a lot of stuff this year. Like how you should celebrate Halloween or not. We also <laughs> talked about jello molds and how it's disgusting to mix horseradish and lime jello. 
It's really disgusting, but don't take our word for it. Uh, <laughs> no. Gotta go back to the beginning. Circle back. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Yes. Happy anniversary to the Lutheran Ladies Lounge. We love you guys and you're the best. And we're looking forward forward to year number two. It's a work in progress, guys. I'm sorry. I can't. <laughs> I'm not 100% all the time. I'll work on it. Okay. Anyway, thanks, everyone. Love you. On that note, find all of our podcasts at kfuo.org slash Lutheran Ladies Lounge or on your favorite podcasting app. Go join our group on Facebook. You're listening to the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Aaron. I'm a ladle. <laughs> and I'm Rachel. Views and opinions expressed on the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO Radio, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. The Lutheran Ladies Lounge is produced by KFUO Radio and available at kfuo.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Join our community on Facebook in the Lutheran Ladies Lounge. Before we do that, so now I wish I had my Kleenex pocket pack. I'm <laughs> at my aunt's house and she's got a cat and I'm allergic to cats. And so <laughs> pause a moment. I want to I'm going to just step away and and blow my nose and then then it'll be my turn. <laughs> Find all of our podcasts at the Lutheran Ladies Lounge. Oh, wait, no. KFUO.org. I'm so excited about the your, your song. It's <laughs> messing with my brain cells. Oh, KFUO.org slash the Lutheran. KFUO.org slash Lutheran Ladies Lounge or on your favorite podcasting app. Go join our group on Facebook uh, where you have this community with our sisters in Christ. You're listening. You're listening. (laughs) I can't talk anymore. You're listening to the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Erin. I'm a ladle. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Rachel.